0: All right, let's go to John chapter 6. Gospel of John chapter 6. We're going to look at the, this is the longest chapter in the Gospel of John, and it's also a very difficult chapter uh, for many of the people that we can't read the whole story here, but they turn away from Jesus in John 6. And uh, our 66 of uh, chapter 6. But before that, Jesus says something here. One of his I am statements that I want to focus in on this morning. Join with me as we look at John 6 and then drop down to verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me... Nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. We pray now that you would bless this reading of your word and bless our response, O God, to what you have to say. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Jesus is dead. April Fool's. Remember I told you I was going to do that, right? It's not as funny as what they had, okay? They stole the show for him, you know what I mean? I mean, that was really, that was good. I really, really was caught off guard by that. But nonetheless, we all know that that's not true. Jesus is not dead. And you know what? He died once for all. And that's for all, and that's once. (laughs) And so, God gets the final laugh today. He's the one who tricked and pulled the greatest April fools, if you will, ever. And that was on Satan himself. Satan thought God was dead. He had killed the son. But no, it was all part of the plan the great reversal, the great rescue that he had instituted. It was a secret, it was a top secret mission. And he knew about it, and he's even sharing about it here in John 6 before it ever happens, but they're not picking it up. And like a fisherman, God used Jesus as bait, and Satan bit. (laughs) He couldn't help himself. He loved the opportunity to kill the Son of God. He swallowed up Jesus in death and sent Him to the dead. But, as we've already talked about in the Creed, love is stronger than death. Aslan, Harry Potter... Gandalf, Neo, all of these knew that love was stronger than death. And they died, if you know those stories, with a belief that love was stronger than death. And we all have a hunch, don't we? That love is somehow stronger than death. This is why we act like someone's looking down on us from heaven. People that don't even believe in God believe that. Why? Because we just believe somewhere deep down within that love has to overtake death. That our loved ones didn't just disappear and are swallowed up forever. There's always been a rumor, if you will, going around that love is stronger than death. That it can outlive death. And now we have proof. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we have final proof once and for all that death is defeated by love. Because God is love. And He calls us to that same kind of love, doesn't He? And everybody that's caught in His wake when He goes up and ascends to the Father will die once, but no more than once. We will not die a second death, as Revelation points us to, for those who do not know God or have refused God's eternal life. And so, we close today, I'm a little sad about it, we close today our Creed series, right? We've been hanging around in the Apostles' Creed for eight weeks with one introductory week, and then seven uh, looks at ...these 12 affirmations within the Apostles' Creed. So there's 12 things that it affirms. We're going we're to tackle uh, the last two today... ...and they go right in tandem with this Resurrection Sunday. It's We believe in the forgiveness of sins. That's only secured by the cross, death, and then resurrection of Jesus. <clears throat> and then, of course... We believe in the resurrection of the body... ...and life everlasting. Amen? <laughs> Amen, that's right. And so we just sung about it moments ago. So, of these twelve affirmations... ...these two are implications... ...of all the others. So words, the, the others, they point us to who God is... ...and what He's done for us. Now, this one tells us the benefits... ...of that... ...which are again... ...the forgiveness of sins... ...a bodily resurrection... ...and life everlasting. And so today... ...we affirm with... ...you know, I had, I had my Indian friends... ...on Facebook shooting me messages... ...this morning at like 3 o'clock... ...you know, because over there... ...they're already cranking it up... ...you know what I mean? And all over the world today... We're cranking it up to say, Jesus, his body is not in the tomb. The death that swallowed him had to spit him back up just like Jonah was spit up on the beach. Remember, Jesus even said, to the only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah... ...who was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. So too will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And he was... We've already talked about in the creed how he descended to the dead. He basically preached a revival down there. And everybody that had anticipated his coming, which all the Old Testament people were anticipating his coming. You know, the Old Testament people weren't saved by another Jesus or another way. Oftentimes, we've, we've heard it said or maybe we've even thought this way that somehow in the Old Testament they're saved by obeying the law. ...or by these sacrifices that they have to continually make. But that's not the case at all. They're saved the same way we are... ...and that is by faith in Messiah. Christ, Jesus. They may not have known Jesus the way we know Jesus... ...but they were looking for a Messiah, a Christ. And He came. And then they were in a holding pattern... ...in Sheol... ...or what the Greeks called Hades... ...the place of the dead. And they were in a holding pattern there... ...until he showed up. And can you imagine that... ...when he showed up there... ...to Abraham, Isaac... ...Jacob, Joseph, Moses... etc., etc., ...all the prophets. I mean, I wish I could have been privy to that revival. I heard a podcast of that. And then he led captivity... Captive. You see, God provided for the Old Testament people a promissory note, so to speak. You know, one where you get the benefits now, but it's got to be paid later. If it doesn't get paid, then everything gets taken back. He paid it. Jesus paid it. The Christ was to pay it. But until that day, they had to wait. They had to wait ...in the hope and the promise of God... ...until the real came. And once the real came, who is Jesus... ...once that sacrifice was made... ...there need be no other. All the other ones pointed to Him. They make sense only in Him. And the writer of Hebrews knows this. He says this in Hebrews 10. For since the law has but a shadow... ...of good things to come... ...instead of the true form of these realities. It can never... ...notice his language... ...very strong... ...it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year... ...make perfect those who draw near. In other words, it was deficient. It was a makeshift until the real came. And the real is Jesus... He says, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Atone for sin? Which means to cover it? Yes. You know, kind of like a spill. My kids do this kind of thing. They cover it with something, you know. I was like, what is under... Justin used to do this actually at the dinner table, you know. If he didn't want to eat his stream beans, he would kind of wrap his napkin up like he was done and put it on his plate Probably, All right, Pop, I'm done. He's like... Well, what's under the napkin, man? And it's a lot of food under there. (laughs) He was covering the problem. And the sacrifices in the Old Testament... ...listen to me... ...only could cover sin. Not take it away. Not cleanse it. But when the real came... ...when the real sacrifice came... ...when the real sacrifice was made... Sin could be taken away. Thanks be to God. The power of canceled sin. You remember that, Charles Wesley hymn? The power of canceled. He has canceled sin. It has no power. Like a canceled credit card, you can run it all day long. It has no power over you unless you allow it to grow. But, you know what oftentimes can kill bacteria is just simply exposing it to the light. Exposure to light doesn't allow some things to grow. Some things only grow in the dark. And when you bring them to the light, it exposes them and it kills them. Sin can be taken away. That is good news. It's good news that he can cover us. But it's better news that he can take away our sin. That's what he says. It's impossible for bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, he's quoting from a psalm. ...behold, I have come to do your will, O God... ...as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Didn't Jesus do the will of God? When he said above, you have neither desired... ...nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings... ...and sin offerings, these are all offered according to the law... ...then he added this, behold, I have come to do your will. And notice what the writer of Hebrews says... He does away with the first in order to establish the second. So we're going to celebrate with the cup here in a minute. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. His body offered, His body raised, His body in the world, who is the church. The law was but a shadow of the things to come. Not the realities themselves. Jesus is the reality. And Jesus died for us and rose again for us. And that secures for all of us the forgiveness of sins. We can do the will of God. We can do the will of God by the power of God. Christ and His Holy Spirit, our will can be sanctified in His will. You know, we can talk about forgiveness all day long, <clears throat> but you haven't really believed in the forgiveness of sins until you forgive. Amen. Because to be a follower of Christ means that He forgave you, which means automatically we must forgive others. There's no way around it. Even in the Lord's prayer, which we'll say in a moment, says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And right before that, he said to them clearly, plainly, you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. It's a very serious matter that if we really believe in the forgiveness of sins, we're going to be willing And able to forgive others. It's not easy. We could talk for three hours about that. We all know about that. It's not easy. Because forgiveness mainly is offered to people that don't deserve it. Like me. Like you. We forget that so easily. And yet he offers it freely to us thanks be to god <laughs> well this last affirmation believes in the resurrection of the body which is which is really what we're all celebrating and have been all morning <clears throat> you know i used to um i used to think my dad knew everything then i grew up you know and i realized a lot of stuff he just made up as we went along you know <laughs> So I thought you said that, you know, well, my kids now think he knows everything. I don't know if he's just the kind of person who seems like he knows everything or not, but they think he knows everything. And I was um, I was actually looking back this morning uh, early. (laughs) We had a late night and I was looking back through my feed in my uh, what you call it in my Facebook feed. Right. And and I noticed something. Let me pull it up here. It was uh, it was a. Post I had had right, and here's what it said. Jessica and I were trying to play a trick on Daddy, right? And so, you know, the easiest trick for us to play is to say, "Hey, we're pregnant," you know, because well, it's happened five times. But <clears throat> we were going to play this April Fools on him. And so what we what we thought of, uh, Jessica said, "How about you tell him that?" Because he was all crappie fishing, you know what I mean? And so he's out there enjoying himself, whatever, it's springtime. And she said, just tell him that my water has broke, right? And so, so it's like, oh, yeah, that, that'll be good, that'll be good. Well, then Jackson chimes in. He's like, yeah, if you tell him that, then Papa can come and fix it. <laughs> wow. Like I said, people think that man knows everything, you know what I mean? Uh, At the end of the day, he can't fix everything. I don't think. (laughs) Can't fix that. Um, And he doesn't know everything. But there is one who can fix the deepest problem we have. Jesus. I mean, the deepest problems. The ones that we can't solve on our own. The ones that I can't do for you. Not even those closest to you can do. The ones that you have to actually take out and give to Him. He can fix that. He can. And He already knows it. He already knows whatever it is you're hiding. Today on this Easter celebration, as we're celebrating the light that now shines eternally, it's not going to stop. It's only going to get brighter and warmer until we see Him face to face. On this day, would you just come out of hiding? Could you in your heart of hearts come into the light? Because to be exposed to the sun is the best decision you'll ever make. His light will bring life. Spiritual life. So much so that to have his life in our mortal bodies. That creak and ache the older we get. Amen? I used to say that and people used to look at me like, whatever, you don't even know anything about that. Now they're just like, amen, brother. You know, you're getting there, buddy. (laughs) Um, The older we get, the more we're reminded that we're breaking down. And yet, this life within us... It's it's what, um, you know, the scripture has two terms for life. C.S. Lewis points this out in his book, Mere Christianity. We have biological life, yes, but there's another one. Not just bios in the Greek, but zoe, which is spiritual life. We have spiritual life that will one day wake this body up. No matter what happens to me when I die. He will put us back together again and we will be like him, the Bible says. He took his real body and that all the bodies around this room, people. He's going to raise them up again. Some to everlasting life and some to everlasting destruction. But you will rise. Some will only die once. And they will not go through what the Bible calls the second death. Which is to be thrown into the lake of fire. Those who only die once, die to their self. They deny their self. Not the Lord. The Lord has done everything possible for all of us to have that kind of life. His life. To literally... This is insane. To share in the character of God. The very nature of the triune God. We can share in that life. He opens it up fully to humans. Frail, sinful, unworthy humans. Paul was even unwilling to say... Had just died. He often uses euphemism that says they've just fallen asleep. Because when they die once, they're going to wake up from their sleep to everlasting life. They will never die again. That's good news. We're already scared of death. I mean, at least you should be a little bit. You know, you're crazy if you're not. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's not something you can just put off. Oh, that's not on my calendar. Well, you know what? Your calendar is going to go down the toilet when that happens. No, they're just sleeping. You ever seen somebody when they're sleeping? It's a weird thing to me. I I don't particularly like sleep. In, like if I had a, a chance to choose like a superpower, it would be not to ever sleep again. I just don't enjoy it. Jessica enjoys it. I don't enjoy it. And I just, I think, because we had some people come out early the other day to the house, and they were they were walking around, I woke up, and they're outside my window, like literally just like, That far from me, and I'm just lying down in my bed. Just I'm like, what an idiot I am. Just what am I doing? You know, just lying here unconscious. I mean, who would do that kind of thing? You ever just thought about how weird that is? Like, even my neighbors, we're we're about from here to that screen over there, we're just both lying in our beds, you know? Just weird stuff, man. And 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 when you look at somebody, just, you know, it's like, oh, well, don't you know, they won't wake them, they're just sleeping. They look innocent. I mean, even when my kids have done bad stuff, I go in there and I'll just Oh, they're sleeping. They look so innocent. They're not innocent, but they look innocent, you know. And, and Paul says, you know what? <laughs> they're just sleeping. And I've look, I've been there with, been there with some of you, and we've buried people. We've said our goodbyes. But it is not a final goodbye. As I often affirm when I do a funeral, is this person, if they died in Christ, those eyes that are closed right now, they're going to come open one day? They will not remain dead. And, and folks, that's true hope. That is, we need that. We feel that already. And I'm telling you, the proof is here now because he's gone. His body is not here. You can look everywhere for the DNA, it's not here. He is by the Father's right hand, seated in a position of authority. And he's looking down on us now. Truly. You ever feel like somebody's watching you? They are. He is. And then the last part of this final affirmation as we close down our series is life everlasting. We believe in life everlasting. We we don't believe that we're going to just go up to heaven and be a part of a worship service that never has a benediction. I wouldn't even enjoy that, okay? I mean, worship services are great, but heaven's not going to be just one long, continuous worship service. Everything we do will be worship. But we're going to play and we're going to work and we're going to learn and we're going to relate and we're going to create because that's who God is. God doesn't stop being God when we get to heaven. I don't know how we've got in our minds. We're just going to be strumming harps. I don't even know how to play an instrument and be on clouds. I mean, I like clouds, but I mean, I also like to be on the ground for certain things. That's not the picture of life everlasting. You say, well, what is it going to be like? Well, I can't tell you all of that, but I can tell you it's better than chocolate. Now, what I mean by that is a story that I'm about to tell. And that is, this comes from Peter Craft, uh, So I want to give him a nod uh, because it impacted me and it still does to this day. If you ask my children right now, would they rather hold a girl's hand or have a piece of chocolate? What do you think they're going to choose? Now, Jackson's getting, you know, you're like, well, maybe ja- I can tell you, Jackson would choose the chocolate, okay? We've even been before like, hey, Jackson, um, what, what do you think about XYZ? And, you know, he doesn't think anything about XYZ. He wants to go hang out in the mud with his friend, uh, who's a boy. And so he has no idea of what's going on in this whole other world. And Peter Crave says, you know, when you're young, you can't think of anything better than candy or chocolate. But there is something better. And when through puberty we become alive, we probably all remember the first time we actually saw someone of the opposite sex and said, wow, huh, never saw that before. Never realized or never saw you in that light before. When our sexuality awakens, it's quite an event. Because now all of a sudden chocolate just doesn't seem so grand... ...as the electricity that I get from holding your hand, you know? There's something greater. There's something more pleasurable that we couldn't even imagine. He says, you know what? When we get to heaven right now, we're just sort of stuck in this thing of sexual pleasures... ...probably the most pleasurable thing in the world. But one day there's going to be something that blows our mind even further... And it's going to be to be in the love of God himself without evil and darkness and snide attitudes and pride and all of the sin that's in our world. Now, I I don't know what that's like, but I know what it's like to go from chocolate to the other. And if it's anything like that transition, sign me up. Did he not create these things? He did indeed. The other illustration he gives is he says, when you're in the womb, you can see light, you can hear sounds. We know this. We can feel things and whatever else. And that's all we know at the time is just this world of the womb. But when we come out, we don't even understand how big the world is. I'm still trying to understand how big the universe is. It's amazing. We discover new things all the time. If this world is like that, what about a new creation without our fallenness? You see what I'm saying? I'm just saying, just take what you have here and exponentially increase it. Or however you engineers would have it put. You see, the end is this. The idea that God is dead is a joke. It is a joke. Because He's alive forevermore, and He lives in us. That's where He wants to take up His residency. He is risen. And He's robbed the grave. He has canceled the power of sin. It has no power over us anymore. Death is arrested. We are free, free, free forever. Amen. Amen. You know, come join the song of all the redeemed, right? When death was arrested and my life began. Because it did. And yours can too. We do not have to remain in darkness. We don't have to live in bondage. Stop believing the lie. He can save us to the uttermost. And he's ready to do that today. And so on this day when we celebrate... His springing from the grave. Could He spring into your never-ending winter? The coldness that is in this compartment of our life? could Could He have access to that? Today, if you'll ask Him, if you'll seek, if you'll knock, He'll answer. The last word of the creed is amen. And that's so appropriate for us. If we believe all of the creed, and we affirm all of these essential affirmations with amen, it means truth. It means certainty. It means so be it. So, amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.